Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. We're taking over. Huh. loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing for just a moment. Say a night of healing. While it is a night of healing, I also want to deal with what keeps folk from being healed. Because it's not an issue of if God wants you healed. The issue is that your butts keep getting in the way. Say the battle of butts. Isaiah 53, 4, it says surely, which, which means it's a done deal. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken. Say he took my grief, took my sorrow. So look at your neighbor and say, why do you have grief? And why do you have sorrow? Say you're out of order. He took it, right? Doesn't it say surely? Well, tonight you're going to give it back to him. Yet we have seen him sticking, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Transgression is when we willfully deviate from what we know to be the truth. Transgression is the stuff we knew it was wrong and did it anyhow. Isn't our God awesome that the stuff we knew we had no business doing, when he was on the cross, he paid for that too. Okay, where the honest people at? There's some stuff we didn't know it was wrong. There's other stuff we were like, I know it's wrong, I'm going to ask for forgiveness later. There's other stuff like, I know it's wrong, and I just say he paid for that too. Who couldn't love a God like that? He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's generational stuff, which means you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. How, and he paid for it when they beat him. Every time they struck him, he was buying something for us. The chastisement for our peace. What's chastisement? The whooping. If you're not from the South, you don't know about whooping. Maybe you know the term spanking. If you're a little further up north, the timeout. For our 
peace. What's that word peace in Hebrew, church? Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. It was upon what? Him. Which means he paid the penalty for our peace. He suffered for our shalom. Let's say this last part together after the comma. And by his stripes, we are healed. Lift your hands, church. Say, by his stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name. Father, speak to us tonight. Then manifest your healing power, your healing grace in this place in a way we've never seen it happen before. We invoke you. We call it forth now. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. I want to deal with this title tonight, the battle of butts. Healing is a settled issue. The only thing that gets in the way are the butts that we have. Say, butts, get out of the way. Tonight is a night of healing for all heirs of your life, and we're in our series, of course, already won. Every battle, every problem, already won. We just have to walk out what Jesus worked out on the cross. And in this series, we're focusing on the everyday battles that we face. And we've learned so far that a battle is a fight or a struggle to achieve or resist something. And tonight's battle is the battle of butts, because it is our butts that get in the way of the healing he's already paid for. But tonight, your butt's going to get out of the way. Now, whether it's a big butt, that's getting out the way. If it ain't a big butt, it's getting out the way. Either way, your butt's getting out the way. Just touch your neighbor and say, your butt's getting out the way. Now, let's first define healing because right here, I'm probably going to set most of us free because most of the times when we think of healing, we think of the absence of battles. That's not true. The word healing is defined as to correct and make right. I could stop right here and will have preached the whole message in those few short minutes. The word healing does not mean the absence of a battle. It does not mean the absence of a struggle. It means to correct and to make right. So most of us misunderstand what healing is. It's not the absence of battles. It's being corrected and being made right. Watch this in your battles. You missed it. Healing is being corrected and being made right in your battles, which means some of the things you've been resisting in your battles is exactly why you've not been healed because you keep trying to get out of your battle and out of your struggle and your battle and your struggle is what's correcting you and making you right. So you've been praying, watch this Lord heal me. So he sent a battle. You were saying, Lord, heal me, so he sent a struggle. You were saying, Lord, heal me, so he sent a Judas. You said, Lord, heal me, so he sent something seemingly contradictory to the thing you thought you needed. Healing isn't the absence of a battle. Healing is being corrected and being made right. So now that we've properly defined what healing really is, now you can stop resisting it because it never comes the way you think it will. Oftentimes to get healed from love issues, you have to now open yourself up to love. Often to be healed from betrayal issues, you now have to open yourself up to trust. Y'all not talking to me tonight. Say correct and make right. Now, the, 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 there, there are a couple of buts that get in the way of healing. There are a couple of buts uh, that get in the way of healing. The first is this, but he won't. But he won't. As if God won't heal you. Anybody ever thought that he won't do it? He won't. Do it. Just be honest. You're at Harvest. You don't have to lie. You can be honest. I know in some churches you got to kind of pretend like everything's together because everybody's looking up to you upside the face and all that. Just touch your neighbor and say, you can be honest here. All right. So sometimes we can think he won't. I want to show you a very powerful scripture that's going to help you understand how you view God. Because the way you view God has more to do with you than it does to do with him. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. Watch what this says. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. This is going to be powerful. Say, the way I view God has more to do with me than it does with God. 
2 Samuel 22, 26. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. Now, he already is merciful, but only to those that have mercy do they see him as a God of mercy. So watch this. When you are a very cruel and curt person, that is the imagery you have of God. When you're an inconsistent person, that's the imagery you have of God. He says, with the merciful, which means it's in me first, you're going to show yourself merciful. Notice it didn't say he'll become merciful because he is merciful. I'll just see him as merciful when I'm merciful. With the blameless man, you'll show yourself blameless. Blameless doesn't mean perfect. Blameless means a man that takes responsibilities for his failures. That takes responsibilities for his life. That takes responsibilities for his actions. So watch this. When I take responsibility, I see God as a God that takes responsibility. When I don't take responsibility, I see God as MIA. The way I see God has more to do with me than it does with him. Verse 27, with the pure, you will show yourself pure. Which means if you're a conspiracy theorist, you will think that heaven is against you. It got super quiet, so apparently this is the Wednesday Night Live full of conspiracy theorists, okay? Watch this, watch this. If you've got paranoia, which means you think there's a conspiracy against you, instead of pronoia, which means you believe there's a conspiracy working for you, then you will think that heaven is trying to get you. So you will think stuff like God is really like a kid with a magnifying glass on on an ant. But that's not because that's how he is. That's how you think. Next verse. Uh, And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. In other words, to somebody that's deceitful. You ever met somebody that's always lying about little stuff and you catch them in their little lies? And you wonder, well, why'd you lie about that? You didn't even have to lie about that. That's how people think God is. They will think that God is trying to hold something from them so they will never trust him because they think he's like them. The way we see God has more to do with us than it does with God. Verse 28, you will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you might bring them down. So check it out. Sometimes we'll say, well, Bishop, I could be healed, but he won't heal me. But that's only because you think that way. It is not because he doesn't want to, not because he hasn't already paid for it. It's because there's something in you that has now married itself to your lack of healing. You have now married yourself to dysfunction. You've married yourself to disorder. You've married yourself to drama. You've married yourself to taking those pills the rest of your life. You've married, y'all not saying nothing. You've married yourself to whatever needs healing. But tonight, I decree and declare that something's changing in you so he can show himself strong through you. Would you lay your hands on yourself? Say, something's changing in me tonight. Watch this, watch this. Healing is a settled issue with God. You never have to wonder what his will is concerning the subject because he makes it clear. In fact, the name of God is Jehovah Rapha. God is not God's name. God, as I've taught you, it comes from a 6th century Germanic term, the word Gudan, which simply means source or deity. God's name is Yahweh, Yathewafe, in fact, L-O-R-D, when it's all capitalized in your Bible. Yathewafe, Y-H-W-H. That name is so powerful that they don't utter that name. The Hebrews, they just say the name because they know if they take that name in vain, it's not God, but that name. If they take that name in vain, that name has power to do things uh, that they may not be ready for. 
So they don't play with that name because they know when they say that name, healing shows up. They know when they say that name, darkness has to flee. When they say that name, drama has to go. So they don't play with that name. So check it out. Uh, but that name translates Yahweh, then it's Jehovah in English. So one of his names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, my healer. Say he is my healer. Now, I've taught you on this text in Isaiah before that we read, Isaiah uh, 53, that this text is in a sequence called the suffering servant uh, that foretells the coming of Jesus in the flesh or God in the flesh known as Jesus. Now, the, notice the tense of the text is past tense. Say it's past tense. Now, what's interesting is it's past tense, yet it's talking about something that's going to happen 500 years later. So what's interesting is that Isaiah records this 500 years before Jesus was born. So we have an issue, and that issue is how does Isaiah speak in us to us in a past tense about something that's going to occur in the future? How am I talking about what has happened and it hasn't happened yet? Mm -hmm. It's because in God's infinite omniscient wisdom is such that he fixed a problem before our problems ever had a name. Before you were ever hurt, he bought your healing. Before you had ever been betrayed, he bought your healing. Before you had ever dealt with your issue, he bought your healing. Uh, which means this is a settled issue with God. You were healed before you were hurt. You were whole before you were wounded. You were all right before you were abused. Say, it's settled by Jesus. Now, while healing is settled by Jesus, it requires corresponding action on our part in the now. Say, we are healed. Say, I am healed. Now, 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 I've taught you this before. I'm just going to hit it real quickly. There are a few areas where there's already been prepaid healing that's been bought already. What we have to do is get your butt out of the way so you can get what he's already prepaid. Now, lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say, get your butt out of the way so you can get what he prepaid. So we're healed in our soul. That's our mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. We're healed spiritually. This deals uh, with our subconscious mind. This deals with the real essence of who we are. Then we're healed in our body. Say, in my body. Uh, now, those are prepaid areas of healing. We are healed spiritually, we are healed physically, and we are healed in the realm of our soul, which also deals then with our emotions. We are already healed in those areas as it relates to Jesus. He's already prepaid for it. But if you think he's a God that doesn't want to heal you because he's trying to teach you a lesson, then you will never access what it is he's paid for. Have you ever had something bad happen to you and you were like, well, that's what I get? While that may be true, that's what you get. When he was on the cross, he says, I'll get it for you so you can live the life as if you lived like I lived and I'll take the penalty as if I lived like you lived. You missed it. I'm going to slow it down so that you get it. The whole exchange that happens on the cross is that he pays a price that we're supposed to pay so we can live a life that he lived. You missed it. He paid the price that we were supposed to pay. What's the wages of sin is death. So when they were beating him, abusing him, doing all of that, he paid that price for us and then said, when you receive me, you now get to live as if you're me. So I took the penalty for you. Did you catch that church? Now, I know we're like, Bishop, I get that. But most of you only get that as it relates to what happens when you die. You don't get it as it relates to how you live. Which is the reason why you got many Christians talking about, I'm just waiting for this and waiting for Jesus to come back and all that. And Jesus is saying, what do you want me to come back for? You ain't done nothing significant enough to justify me coming back yet. 
Y'all not saying nothing. You're messing around and say, oh, the Lord's soon to come, these last and evil days. Listen, Peter then was preaching the last and evil days 2,000 years ago. The reality of the matter is he's coming back for a church that the Bible calls would be a full-grown woman, not no little girl. What's that mean, Bishop? Maturity, which means we got to mature. Well, how do we mature? It's called the kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's heaven's attributes on earth. It means I'm not trying to die to get over there. I'm bringing over there down here. I'm living well so I can manifest heaven in the earth. And healing is what happens in heaven because there's no illness in heaven. There's no emotional turmoil in heaven, which means if it ain't happening up there, it shouldn't be happening down here for us. Say for us. Say it again, say for us. So then watch this, so then watch this. You can't say, but he won't because he already paid for it. Have you ever ordered something where you paid for it and you were so excited to get it? And, and, and then watch this, and then you forgot about it? Watch this, you paid for it, but you hadn't received it. That's how healing works. He paid for it. The package has been sitting at your front door. And you keep walking past it every day talking about when is he going to heal me? When is he going to heal me? When is this going to be over? When is this going to be over? He said the package is right there. I already paid for it. You don't have to do nothing extra to get what I already paid for. Say, but he will. Because he did. Here's a second but that can get in the way. But I can't be healed, Bishop. I can't be healed. I can't be healed. Can't be healed. Now, now, now. He already paid for the bishop. I can't. You don't know my story. You, you, you don't know my you, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I dealt with. Well, let me get you to understand this. Healing is an inside job. You'll never see around you what hasn't first begun in you. Did you hear that? Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? If you've ever dealt with uh, individuals that maybe got the, a diagnosis of some type of terminal disease, that before they were told that, watch it, before they were told that, they were fine. Anybody ever seen that? And then all of a sudden somebody tells them, well, now this is going on. And now all of a sudden they're sad. Now all of a sudden, if you deal in medicine, you've seen this happen. They were fine until somebody said, you have an issue, you have a problem. And now all of a sudden they go from living a happy life every day until now you got six months. Well, how did I just have, how did the person just have six months when they were happy and moving and exercising and living? It's because now somebody then told them something and what they have been told now is messed up what's going on in the inside. So their immune system was fighting it off until somebody told them something that made them believe. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Shout healing's an inside job. I said shout it. Healing's an inside job. They were doing fine. They were doing totally fine until somebody told them. And then all of a sudden now there's this rapid deterioration. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that happen? You're like, so-and-so was doing so good, and then they went in, and then all of a sudden, they just went down the hill. Why? Somebody told them. And now their immune system doesn't fight like it was already fighting and winning. I'm preaching to somebody. Because now they don't believe they've got the strength to do what they had already been doing. They don't believe they have the power to do what they had already been doing. So the but that often gets in the way is we'll say, but I can't be healed. Healing's an inside job. So you have to protect what you let get inside you because if you let sickness of any type get inside of you, 
It now manifests around you. In your body, in your soul, in your spirit. See, watch this. Now, here's the next thing. Say it's an inside job. Here's the next thing. Healing happens in the battle, not absent the battles. Say it happens in the battles, not absent the battles. Now, on, on, on Sunday, we talked about staying suited and booted for battle. If you weren't here for that message, you got to get that message. And we looked at the life of King David. King David had a heck of a life. He had a, he had a, really, he had a really interesting life. A really interesting existence. There's so many uh, nuances that we could look at, so many uh, uh, twists and turns we could look at. In fact, a lot of what we read in the Psalms are King David on the run from his own son. King David on the run from Saul. So because King David, watch this, at the age of 16, because he uh, seemingly is feeling rejected by his father, Jesse, he struggles with male leadership the rest of his life. He struggles to be a good leader, and then he now struggles to follow leadership. He, he, he's, got, he's got this struggle that's going on because he needs a healing, and the healing he needs is in his soul. Now, didn't Jesus pay for that? Yes. So then that means, watch this, we're going to look at a text we looked at on Sunday, but we're going to look at it through the lenses of healing. We're going to look at it through the lenses of being healed in his soul. Watch this. Here it is. Uh, 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 Psalm, uh, well, let's look at this. Psalm 144.1. Let's start there. Then we're going to go to 2 Samuel 11. Y'all still with me? So what's the first but? But he will. Why? Because he did. Did you read that? Did you read that, Nazareth? So the next time, see, stop owning negative reports about if you go to the doctor, the doctor says, well, it's this, this, this. Say, thanks, doc. I appreciate your opinion. Uh, what, do you mean, what do you mean my opinion? These are facts. Yeah, but I got something that's higher than facts. I got something called truth. We walk by faith. That's true, not by sight, which means you got facts, but I got truth. With his stripes, I am him. Stop owning the report. That you've got a, uh, a mental deficit and this and that and you're this and that and this and that. I appreciate that opinion. Thank you. Thank God for you. But I choose not to own that because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price for that. Now, let me be very clear about what I'm not saying. I'm not negating the necessity and the appropriateness of medical and psychological and psychiatric help. But don't you own that report. Don't you own that report. I said, don't you own that report. Anybody ever had something bad pop up on your credit that wasn't yours? And you had to dispute it over and over and over and over and over again. Because as far as you were concerned, that's not mine. That's what you have to do to anything that's not healing. That's not mine. Well, it's on your report. That's not mine. And I dispute its validity from being on my report. You got to look at your bank account if it ain't the way it needs to be. That's not mine. I dispute its validity in my life. Why? I'm a faithful giver, which means he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour me out such a Psalm 144.1. Look at David. Say healing. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains, teaches my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Throw your hands up. Say, these hands are made for war. Say these fingers are made for battle. Notice, notice, notice. I need you to get this. We use these, our fingers and hands every day and in virtually everything we do. So the point is, stay ready so we don't have to get ready. So when a crisis strikes and a battle shows up, you don't mess up because you were ready to battle. But remember, healing means to correct or make right. So if our hands, which means our everyday lives, 
are trained for war and battle, then where do you think you're going to get healed? In war and battle. Let me talk over here because y'all not talking to me. See, here's the imagery we have of healing. I'm going to come in, church, and Bishop's going to lay hands, and I'm going to go down, and I'm going to get up, and I'm just going to be good. Write me down. Problem is, problem is, problem is, say, what's the problem, Bishop? That's not what healing means. It means to correct and make right. Your war and your battles do that. You prayed. Watch this. There's some stuff that has gone down in your life the last 12 months. Anybody had some, some stuff like lifetime movie stuff going? Just be honest. Watch this. Now, now, here's what you need to know. That was an answer to your prayer for healing. You prayed to be healed from your childhood stuff. So he brought it back up. That's why you hadn't seen that relative in years. And you ran into him all of a sudden. You hadn't contacted that person in a long time. Y'all not talking to me. Because he said, you're going to be healed, but you're going to be healed in war and you're going to be healed in battle. So let's look at 2 Samuel 11 and 1 to give see David's opportunity to be healed. And then we're going to watch it manifest in this atmosphere. And tonight I prophesied this unto us that three things are going to happen. Bodies will be healed. Souls will be healed. Mind, thoughts, will, and emotion. And spiritual issues, the real essence of who we are, that will be healed also. Say, it shall be healed tonight. Give him praise in advance. You're on a digital campus. Get up out of your seat. Give him praise in advance. Praise in advance. Pray. Second Samuel 11 and 1. It happened in the spring of the year. At the time. Watch this. Watch this. Now, when you get this, I'm probably going to run off the stage maybe. If I run off, that's y'all's cue. Come sing something. No, I need you to get this. It happened in the spring of the year at the time. When kings go get healed. Okay, okay, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. Because where do we get healed, church? In the battle, which means this is the season for whatever. This is the season for holler. This is my season for healing. Holler that. Verse, and it happened in the spring of this year, your banner year, that God says, there's some battles you're dealing with, but these battles are going to be the very things that heal you. Somebody holler, I'm being healed. That David sent Joab. I could stop right there. Honestly, I could really stop right there. That David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at what? Jerusalem. We looked at this Sunday because there were three things that we battle with every day. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. And we looked at in David's life how he battled those things and didn't even know he was battling them. I want to look at it from another angle. This was David's opportunity to be healed but 
but there was a but. This was his chance. Because with this time when he looked at Bathsheba, he had a chance to say, but I'm holding Jesus. This time when he looked over at her, he was supposed to not respond the way he had been responding. He was supposed to say, I choose to be healed. I ain't falling for that same trap over and over. And This time he was supposed to look at that battle and say, oh, no. He's anointed to be king at 16, takes him 14 years to make it to the throne. He ascends to the throne at age 30. For 14 years, he struggled. He's on the run. Then once he takes the throne, he's got to fight against his own son to maintain it. All his life, he got problems. Problems, problems. Not an damn problems. And he kept having another one. Here's the deal. He's supposed to go out to battle to be healed, but It's right there in the text. Look at the Bible. 2 Samuel 11 and 1. Put it up for me, please. 2 Samuel 11 and 1. Look at the bottom. But David remained. He just wanted peace. Jerusalem, city of peace. Because he wouldn't battle, he couldn't be healed. Because he just wanted peace. Your refusal to address the issues in you so that you always run, you always back down, you always quit, you always, when it gets uncomfortable, you always back up, and you call it being wisdom, and God says, that's why you're not healed. Your butt's in the way. Verse. It says, come on, verse. It says, but David remained at Jerusalem. Now watch this. Ammon means people. Talk to this on Sunday. Rabah means great but contentious. He didn't want to have to contend for it. Isn't it amazing that you used to fight when you were down here. Now that you made a little progress, you overvalue what you have and undervalue what you could achieve. What really are you protecting? What really is it that you're so protective of that ain't that much of nothing to be protective of? But we undervalue. Am I talking to anybody? But David remained at Jerusalem. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. He had an opportunity to be healed. Because why did David look at her like that? I hear somebody say, well, Bishop, you know, he's just a man. No, no, he's the king. He could have had anybody. He could have legitimately found enough. In fact, he had Abigail. And Abigail, they say, was the mo- the Hebrews say, was the most beautiful woman ever to have walked to earth. She was a dime times ten. You don't know what I'm saying. Don't worry about it. She was on ten. <laughs> okay. He was the king, church. But what was David trying to fix with all these women in relationships? The issue he had from a 16-year-old boy. When Jesse brings all of his other sons in, and Samuel says, it's none of them. It's got to be somebody else. Well, David's out there. Couldn't be David, though. So God says, God says, God says, so David, you guy, I'm going to anoint you in front of them, but you can't take the throne yet. 
So you're going to have to be pregnant with possibility, but I can't give it to you until I can trust you with responsibility. I'm going to say it again. You're going to be pregnant with possibility, but I can't trust you with responsibility. He says, so for 14 years, you're going to go through pretty much hell, but you still have a promise. You still have something that gets you up in the morning. You still have something that makes you fight. You still have something that makes you go. But it's going to be hell. So watch. When he looks at Bathsheba, he's not looking at her because of sexual desire. He's looking at her because of, watch this, he's not healed in his soul. Mind, thoughts, will, emotions. He's looking at her and he's saying, well, if she wants me, maybe it makes up. Jesse didn't know who I was. I can't believe he treated me like that. I can't believe he looked at me that way. Does he know I'm I'm anointed? I'm I'm somebody. I can get Bathsheba. Not because I even want her. It makes me feel important. I like the power. Because I felt powerless as a child. Yeah, I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all talking. I felt powerless as a child. So now I got power. I'm the king. I can have whoever I want. I can do whatever I want to do. Get Bathsheba. King, sir, don't you know that's Uriah's wife? The daughter of, 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 of. Own them. <laughs> Own them. Eliam, I forgot his name. <laughs> Own them. I was trying to say old dude. And <laughs> Own them came out. Watch this. The daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. That's one of your mighty men, David. No, king, you can't do that. Go get her. Why, king? You can have anybody. You got everybody. Except Jesse. So maybe she will make me feel good because he didn't want me. And maybe that's not even really what happened, but that's the way I feel about it. And since my perception is my reality, that's the way that I would seem to walk out my life. So get her. Verse 3, verse 4 rather, that David sent messengers, they took her. She came to him. Watch the exchange. Now here she had to address the king properly. She could just walk in on the king. She had to bow the knee before the king. She had to say, my lord. She had to, you know, to show homage. Look at me, church. She had to show homage. So she's showing homage. She's showing honor. It's like, stop all that. Take your clothes off. It's 2 a.m. Okay, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Notice, he doesn't even have a conversation with her. Because he doesn't care about her. 
He cares about how she's going to make him feel. Because his soul needs to be healed. Let me just deal with this for somebody. If you keep going from relationship to relationship to relationship, can I tell you something? You never loved any of them. You loved how they made you feel. Just a side note. And tonight you're going to be healed if that's been your story. Because healing's in the house tonight. I, I ain't here to judge you. I'm not here to beat you up. We all need healing. Somebody holler, it's my night of healing. Shout it again. It's my night of healing. He says he lays with her. For, for she was cleansed from her impurity. Be careful when you're not healed because you'll contaminate who is. Be careful letting, emo I can always tell when folk been talking to people that aren't healed. Because I'll be like, that ain't, mm, who you been talking to? The you I was talking to last week didn't talk like that. You saying some other stuff, which means you've been around some folk that ain't healed. So now they've contaminated you. And so now while you were supposed to heal them, they've now poisoned you. Because you can't control what poison does once it's ingested. I got to close. But she was cleansed from her impurity. Then she returned to her house. David cared so little about her. He didn't even let her stay. Once they finish, leave me. Go. Oh, king. You got five seconds. Security, guards, Joab, one of his mighty men. Abishai, that's another one. Well, they were all out fighting. <laughs> so they had the B team. It was the B team on that day. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> and if your name's Jeff, I'm just, that's just the name that came to mind, okay? And one of these complicated Hebrew names. Abishai, Uriah, okay, Eliam, okay, okay, okay. All right, so the B team was on that day. <laughs> they, were, they were still training that day. <laughs> okay, she goes back, and now, here it is, I'm done, and now she goes back, and now the story gets messy because he didn't know that was God's opportunity to heal him. I bet you, because remember the stuff he prayed, created me. Come here, church, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me, Lord. Heal me. Heal me. He said, heal me. So God said, it's springtime. There's a battle for you. This is your chance, David. Be healed right now. When you look, look inside. Stop looking for her to give you what only I can give you. Because remember, healing means to correct or make right. Let's make this right between me and you, David. Your real issue, David, is you want to know why I didn't protect you from what you think is a bad deal as a kid. That's your real issue, David. And it's in your mind. It's in your soul. You got all these unresolved issues, and that's why you treat Those that love you as if they're those that hate you and those that hate you as if they're those that love you. This was his moment to be healed. Say it was his battle. That was his moment to be healed. 
That was his moment to be healed. So you can't say he won't heal you. Because he will. Say that butt has to go. And then you can't say, well, Bishop, I can't be healed. Well, you can be if you change how you're looking at the battles you're facing. You pray for healing, God sends a battle. You pray to be better, God sends a battle. Because these hands are made for war. And these fingers are trained for battle. Who's dealing with some battles right now? That's your healing. All right, got real quiet in the church because it means to correct or make right. Who's dealing with some big old battles right now? That's your healing. And he wants to see how you'll act when it doesn't go your way. He wants to see if you're going to keep going back to your default way of handling things. If you're going to keep doing it the way you used to do it, keep handling it the way you used to handle it. Because he says, this is your healing. This is your opportunity. That's why a lot of stuff from the past has been showing up recently. Why? It's springtime. This is when kings get healed. Well, let me close it right here because I'm out of time. Revelation 1-6, he's made us to be kings and priests, which means it's springtime. So it's time for us to be healed. Get on your feet if you want your healing to manifest tonight. Now throw your hands in the air. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.